Thanks for joining us for the Fight for Your Marriage podcast with Charlene Steinkamp. This is a place where you can find hope for your marriage through Jesus Christ. Today, we're continuing our conversation with my friend Jim and Charlene. Last week, we shared part one of this program. So if you haven't had the time to listen to that yet, I encourage you to go back and listen. God has been doing a wonderful work in Jim's life, and today we're going to dive deeper into how we can share our faith with those around us as we exercise our spiritual fitness, as well as get some specific tips on our physical fitness. Don't forget to join us in the comments section and let us know how you've been impacted by these podcasts. For by grace are you saved through faith. And God's love, he sent his son, Jesus, to die on a cross. He came down as a baby in the manger, virgin birth, miraculous story. And that's God coming down the man. And that's true Christianity. God reaching his hand down and saving us. It's not us reaching to God. And we can fall into that trap so many times of trying to live the perfect life, trying to be a good enough person. Lord, bless me. I hope I get to heaven. And it's not by what we do. It's not by works. It's about what he's done. Don't you want Jim to go meet your husband or wife (laughs) in a group that he could start to see in their eyes and Mm, their demeanor? I'd love to. To be able to share his testimony and... uh, Wow. I'm just thinking, I need Jim around the world. And that's what we're praying for. Let's do it. I'll travel with you next (laughs) trip. I'm ready. We need you to become a Jim to get this passion and to see that he has a goal every week to talk one-on-one with somebody that is hurting, that he sees that isn't right with the Lord or is needing something. You would never know who may be a prodigal that he's talking to. Because there are men and women in our church, we hear it every day, every week, that are living together in separate bedrooms, and they're playing church, and they're going to church every week, and they are wearing a mask. Mm -hmm. This is the gem that is going to be sent to go to touch one of those men and say, let's go out. I, th- I think you hit it on the head, playing the game, playing the church. And I, as I look at my life, I think that's what I was doing. I was just playing the game. I, I was a believer. I was a follower. There's no doubt in my mind I was saved. I was, I was a Christian. I was in his will even. But I, w- I was just kind of playing church. I- I'm, in, I'm in church now, and I'm like, God, keep distractions from me. Right. Um, I, I want to listen to your messenger. I, praise and worship has went to a whole new level, like listening to these songs where we would just sing as, as robots. I don't want to be a robot. Right. And I can remember August 19th. It was a Sunday morning and I was kind of going through this transition and there was no altar call. It wasn't even at the end of the message. It was right during a song. I left my seat and I went down and prayed. And I was down at the altar, and that's when I said, God, I give everything to you. I felt like I'd done that before, but I really didn't mean it. And I would just say it, and I said, God, I'm yours. Whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to go, whoever you want me to talk to, I'm doing it. I'm not playing the game anymore. And August 19th was an incredible experience where I felt the Holy Spirit really just talking to me and now just trying to live for him. Would you do that at your church? Would you get serious enough when the Holy Spirit touches you, will you get up and go to that altar? 
that's where we've got to not think about what everybody else thinks right. and be in a church and we can't do this mm-hmm. or we don't do this. And that if you don't, you raise your hand, you don't worry about what other people are thinking because you have been praising the Lord. And you know what? However we do it, I know there are many of you that would not move mm. and go to the altar. And I lived at yeah. the altar at our church. That altar, when I prayed for Bob for two and a half years, somebody came to me and said, do you have cancer? Why do you go up every week to the altar and sob? And I said, because my husband is going to hell if he mm. dies today mm. for what he's doing. And we have got to, I, I've got to pray for him. Right. And that is where we get freedom in Jesus Christ. Right. And you have, you have that relationship with the Lord is more important than anybody right, else's right. thoughts. And that's the thing. You, you got to put aside what other people think. And if you get intentional with God, he's the only one that matters. Amen. And I can remember as I, as I walked down fighting it. And I was like, what am I doing? Should I? And I just said, I'm going. I'm going now. And you can't let doubt creep in. You can't let fear creep in. When God tells you to do something, do it. And that's my challenge to you. If God is telling you to do something, don't, don't hesitate. Do not hesitate. Just, just follow what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. And there, there's great reward. There's freedom, as you said. Um, I can remember in one of the books that I read was The Prayer of Jabez. And I, I read it maybe 10, 15 years ago, and then I reread it. And those that know the story, it's kind of a hard prayer to pray because the first part is telling you, telling you to pray to God, bless me. And it kind of sounds selfish, like, God, bless me. Bless me. Every morning I'm asking God to bless me. And it, it's, it's funny, the, I equate blessing with money for some reason. And it's like, no, there's not $10,000 at my doorstep. There's not a $5,000 check in my mailbox, although there could be, and I'm still praying for that. I'll take it. But it's like God is blessing me every morning with new opportunities, new experiences, the health that I have, the family that I have, and he has been blessing me. And then the second part of the prayer is to enlarge my territory And that has just taken on so much more meaning in my life about people that I had no idea were even around that now I'm having relationships with. Um, I'm not going to name people, but there are at least 15 to 20 people in the last three months that I've intentionally tried to meet or talk to or go out to lunch with. And my territory has been enlarged big time. And I look at it as right now being able to share this. I don't know how many people are listening or will listen, but this is part of enlarging my territory. And it's awesome. Jim, would you read first Chronicles chapter four for us about Jabez? Okay. I'm going to start in verse nine. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez saying, I give birth to him in pain. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel. Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. Great verse. And I love it. One thing I wanted to say, and you asking God to expand your territory, is that your situation hasn't changed much. Your life hasn't changed. You don't have a new job. Mm -hmm. You didn't move. You didn't recently come into a million dollars that someone left behind for you. But what changed was what God did in Mm -hmm. your life. 
So it's so important that so often we want our circumstances to change. We want God to stop the thing that's causing us pain. We want healing to come for, from that illness. We want a spouse to come home today. And it might be that God wants to take us through mm. a journey right. drawing close to him before he brings about that thing that you've been praying about. One quote I always use with my basketball team is to truly enjoy the mountaintop experiences, you have to spend some time in the valley. Right. And so many people just want the mountaintop experiences their their whole life. And those are great when you have a mountaintop experience, but to truly enjoy that, there's sometimes pain, there's sometimes frustration, there's sometimes discouragement that God tries to sometimes, not tries to, he takes you through that. Like you said, he, he carries you through that. It's like the old uh, poem, the footprints in the sand. And you know, those are the times of, Hey God, where are you? This is when I was hurting. This is when I was going through this tough time. And in our mind, we feel like God left us, but in reality, he was the one carrying us through that time. And we just didn't recognize him. It goes back to what you said, Lori, about the idea of us moving. God never changes. Right. He's always there. It's our distance separating him. It's what we're doing. We're, we're, we're not at spiritually. Right. And Jim, you're saying that God opened your eyes, your ears, and then he also touched your heart right. to have compassion and see and feel at what people are going through and that even though you've known them for 10 years, right. you're seeing them in the way Jesus sees them. Yeah. And you're concerned about their heart and their soul in a different right. way than you were right. yesterday. There's a song, if, if we are the body, then where are his hands, where are his feet? And that that's who we are. We all play a different role. You're going to be able to touch different people. You're going to be able to touch different people. I'm going to be able to touch different people. But we are the body of Christ. That That's who we are. And if we are the body, let me be an active part of the body. That is so true. Yep. Let me read a verse from Hebrews um, chapter 10, starting in verse 32. Remember those earlier days after you had received the light, when you stood your ground in a great contest in the face of suffering? Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times, you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You sympathized with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Mm. And I love Hebrews is such a great book, but I love that call to perseverance mm -hmm. that even though we may not see what we're praying for and hoping for. We can still live victoriously and joyfully and in obedience to what the Lord has called us to do right now. And be a lighthouse. You know, everybody is telling you not to pray for your marriage. Give up. They're never going to change. They're a jerk. Why are you praying for them to come home? When you have been called to do this and you don't care what they say, it's what God has spoken to you. And that's what Jim has learned from God and what his experiences have are mountaintop for him. And nobody can take that away from him. And don't let what God is speaking to you, which is an assignment, a calling on your life, don't let anybody talk you out of it. Because you're going to stand before God to say, 
You have no idea what I was going to do right. or what all the future is. You don't know what I was. I know I never expected Bob and I to be in ministry. I never thought at the beginning when I was crying at 2 o'clock in the morning, Lord, rescue him from all these situations he's opened himself up to. God has a plan and purpose far greater than we can imagine, and he doesn't forget any of us, but we have to be willing to say, as, as Jim was, willing to listen to him and change. But I was just thinking, uh, hearing you guys talk about this ministry and being here for the past 30 minutes, I see and hear the passion that you have for hurting marriages. And this is an incredible ministry, so I just say thank you for what you're doing. And like the verse said, perseverance. Uh, being able to persevere through the tough days, through whenever maybe the ministry didn't have the money or maybe when the ministry was, you know, you, you didn't know the the future and you're sticking with it, you're persevering. And that, that's the same thing with even these marriages that are hurting. Um, you know, my wife and I, thank the Lord, have been blessed. We've been married 20 years. My parents had just celebrated their 45th wedding anniversary. So I was able to witness that. And I know that that sometimes is not the norm, but it is it is a fight sometimes. It is a challenge. I mean, there are things that get in the way of true marriage and what it's designed to be. And I can remember the analogy that somebody showed me a picture of a triangle with God at the top. I'm on one side, my wife's on the other side. And as I try to get closer to my wife, the only way I can get closer to my wife is if I'm getting closer to God. And when God's our focal point, he's at the top of that, that's when true beautiful marriage is displayed well let's go back to talking about physical fitness for okay a, awesome. a minute definitely it's a passion of yours and i know that when you start moving physically it changes your mindset does. i mean it changes the way you think you react yep. so what would you say to somebody who has never been a person that works out they've never been a person that's done exercise and maybe they're feeling like they need to start somewhere and do okay. something what would you say to that person well first thing i, I use the spiritual aspect that our body as a believer is a temple so by being a temple i want to be the best temple i can be for god and to be able to use my temple for him uh the number one excuse that um society or people use and not exercising is i don't have the time and if you think about it, we're all guaranteed or we all have the same amount of time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, uh, 12 months in a year. So we have the time. It's just a matter of what we choose to do with our time. You do what's important to you. If it's watching that show, if it's watching that movie, if it's you know going out to eat, if it's sleep, those are important things. You make time for that. So you have time to work out. You have time to exercise. The second thing that people say is it's too hard. It's too hard to exercise. And, and I would say to them, to you, that there is something out there that you can do. Walking. Maybe you can just walk. Uh, maybe walking's too hard. You can sit in a chair and do some type of physical activity with your arms or your legs with light weight. Um, there are so many different types of equipment, videos, research out there for adaptive, um, people with illnesses, people with um, handicaps, um, that there is some type of aerobic activity that you can do. Another excuse people use is I, I don't have the money or the resources. You know, I can't join a gym. I can't afford that um, fancy piece of equipment I see the infomercial for. You do not need a ton of equipment 
to get an effective workout in. There are a million and one very economic, cheap apparatuses, things, bands, uh, equipment, jump rope that's out there. You do not need to get into a gym membership if you choose not to, all those those do help out. Um, but there are just a lot of different activities you can do. And I would say this, sometimes a lot of people, when they first start thinking about exercising or working out, the idea is to compare ourselves to someone else and what they're doing. The great thing about physical fitness is it, it's your personal physical fitness. Um, someone can do 50 push-ups. Someone can do five push-ups one push-up. Uh, someone can run three miles. Somebody can walk a half mile. Um, you don't need to compare yourself with other people. And that's a, that's a good spiritual point as well, not to compare ourselves with other people. Try to just be the what God wants us to be. I want to be the best Jim. You be the best Lori. You be the best Charlene. And you do what God wants you to do. I don't need to compare myself with um, what they're doing. God has a specific calling on my life. Um, the same thing as we're talking even about marriages is, you know, comparing our wife or our spouse. Why aren't they like them? Why don't, why don't they cook as good as them? Why don't they look like them? And, and, and don't get in the danger of comparison. I know God has taught me a lot on that. And I would say this as we uh, close up on fitness is the idea of not making huge, um, gigantic goals. Make baby steps. It's small changes in your diet. Um, it's doing sweet and low instead of sugar. It's doing Coke Zero instead of Coke. It's um, you know, you, you know, not ne necessarily exercising every day, but I'm going to pick two days a week. Um, when you make those small steps, those small steps lead to bigger steps, and those bigger steps lead to giant steps. And again, comparing this spiritually, it's the same thing in our spiritual walk to not make these gigantic. Um, goals. It's good to make big goals. Don't get me wrong, but Hey, I'm going to read my Bible all the way through. Well, let's, let's start with, let me read this verse. Let me read the verse of the day. Let me read the chapter. Let me read now the old Testament and let me read the news. And then before you know it, you read the whole Bible. And I think sometimes we get frustrated because we have these huge goals of, I'm going to try to lose 40 pounds. And it's like, well, hold on. Let me try to lose five pounds by the end of this month. Let me try to lose 10 pounds. And if we make those small goals, now we're starting to see progress and it gets us motivated to make bigger goals. Persevere. You got to keep there persevering. You go. Persevere. I love that because that is what everybody tries to do. If, and we start big, then we are going to throw in the towel so right. quickly. But if we start little, especially, yeah. I say, if you can read the Bible and have quiet time, five minutes, mm -hmm. then start with five minutes. Right. Don't start the hour like Jim has been doing or whatever. It's start with your exercise, five or 10 minutes. Right. I, uh, I do not like to exercise. I hated exercise and I got sick and the doctor said, you need to exercise. And that was like torture to me. <laughs> and, and I want to tell you, Let's do it together and start in small steps in reading the Bible and exercise, right. and God will increase it. And you are in a wilderness, and you're not going to feel like doing any, maybe either one of that, but you, God did not let them just sit there and stay in the wilderness. And he keeps telling us one step at a time, and that's what we must do. And I am totally like you, but I am exercising. Because if you don't use it, you lose it. Ooh, good one. And that is for arthritis or many illnesses. If you don't use it, you're going to lose it. A doctor told me that, and it stuck with me. 
because arthritis, you have to move it, whether it hurts or not. And so you need to pick up the Bible, even though you don't want to, and you've never read a chapter or a whole book of the Bible, you're going to pick it up, and you may not have one. If you don't have one, you can't afford it, call us, we'll send you one. I want you to start reading the Bible. If you have a cell phone, you can put the Bible on your cell phone. Mm -hmm. And that is what I love. I can be anywhere, have my cell phone, and somebody's thinking, I'm reading a lot of junk when I'm reading my Bible. Mm -hmm. And that is what we have got to do. Don't care what other people think about you. Preach. Preach. Amen. got on arthritis in that one, man. I love it. Quality over quantity. Quality over quantity. And that, that that's what's big. It's not the amount of time that makes you more spiritual per se. Um, it's the quality that you have. And I, and I can remember, oh, I need to spend, you know, an hour or two hours reading and praying. And I was like, no, God, right now, it was five minutes. And that was a great five minutes. And now, a little more spiritually mature, it is an hour for me. It is an hour and a half for me. And like you said, it, it takes time to get to that level. Amen. Jim, that's awesome. The one thing that I think I'm hearing repeated today is that we can't compare our beginning to somebody else's middle. Hmm. So for example, someone else may be physically further along than you are. And we can't let that discourage us from starting something. If we start, I know you say there's no such thing as a bad workout. Mm -hmm. If you do anything, it's positive. Mm -hmm. And the same thing would be spiritually. Don't feel like you've not spent enough time with the Lord because you didn't have time to read three chapters of the Bible today. Um, if you're intentional about your time with the Lord, and like Jim said, some days it's going to be a few minutes and some days God's really speaking to him and it's a longer amount of time, but you can't compare where you're at today starting with where Charlene is 30 years after her marriage was restored. So it's looking to Jesus and not looking at other people around you and thinking that you're not enough or that your situation is too hopeless or that you physically cannot do anything to help move forward in a fitness plan. Spiritually, there's no hope. You don't have a church that you're attending that's good. It's looking at where the Lord wants you and what he's asking from you. That's hard to do when you're going through the challenge. When things are going good and you hear that, you're like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll fight through that challenge. But when you're going through a hard time, you're going through depression, you're going through frustration, you're going through a trial, which we all have experienced, will experience, or are currently experiencing, the idea is to embrace that challenge. And I look back over that past year and God used that frustration. God used that bitterness to get me where I am today. So my challenge for some of you that may be going through some frustration, maybe going through some bitterness is to, in a sense, embrace it. God is allowing you to go through that and then to get your eyes off of yourself, get your eyes off of other people and put your eyes on Christ. And if you keep him at the focus point, you're going to have spiritual freedom that you probably never experienced. I, I've used this quote before that has kind of changed in my life is my have to is now turned into my get to. Instead, it used to be I have to go to work. I have to do devotions. I have to fill in the blank. Now it's I get to do my devotions. I get to go to work. I get to lead a small group. I get to come down to Pompano and do a podcast. I don't have to. And man, if you can change your have to into you get to, changes your whole philosophy. That's huge. I'm going to borrow that. You so got it. 
Oh, that is awesome. Jim. 990, That's what all of us need to understand that. Thank you so much you got for it. that. Jim, will you just share some closing thoughts with us and um, close us out in prayer also? Sure, I'd be glad to. I'll leave with this verse that became real to me these past few months, is 2 Timothy 4, 8, and it says, for bodily exercise or physical training has some value, but godliness has value for all things. And what a great uh, verse where the Bible even emphasizes the importance of our health. But when we compare it to godliness or spiritual things, there, there's no comparison at all. And wow, has that really just changed my perspective on, you know, my even job as an athletic director or a coach, not putting all of that priority into the physical, but rather the spiritual. Because there's so many people that we get addicted to so many other things and or put other things before uh, the godliness. We, we, we're upside down. And that is a scripture that is tells us where we need to go Definitely. first. All right, let's pray. God, thanks for an incredible day. We thank you for the opportunity we had to be a part of this uh, podcast. We thank you for Rejoice Ministries and just the impact that they're making around the world. Continue to um, bless their efforts. We thank you for the free gift of salvation, the relationship we can have with you. God, I thank you for how you're working in my life and be able to have this time to share. I just pray for the ones that are listening now that may be dealing with some frustration, maybe dealing with bitterness, maybe dealing with a, a spouse, a family member that's going through a difficult time, that they will focus on you. We know that you're a God who hears our requests, hears our prayers, and we just pray for the ones that are going through that time. We thank you for who you are and how you work in our lives. In your name, amen. Jim, we loved having you. Thank I you. am telling you, you are going to have many people writing us and and we would love to hear from you if, if this has challenged you today i pray you will let us know so we can be your accountability to say i've been so touched by what jim has said and challenged he's challenged us all i'm gonna go exercise this afternoon even though that was not on my list i'm gonna exercise this afternoon you and i need to take what we learn or hear and put it into action if we hear the wooing of the Holy Spirit, we need to be obedient and put it into action. And Jim, you have been a blessing well, to me, and I know you're going to be a huge blessing to all of our men and women who needed to hear everything you said today. Enjoyed every minute of it. Thanks for having me. Thank you. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages. Divorce strikes families around the world, often with little notice. You can help us minister to these families with your financial gift. Visit rejoiceministries.org. And help us teach men and women what Jesus can do for their hurting family.